0: episode 46.1 there's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp brat. but it's all been done before we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it,
1: it, it's a trap
0: it, good it, it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, eat race it, let's embrace it." Tupperware parties. subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover over counterculture, over pop culture leftovers, and the uncool kids. What's to say already been said. I'm sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Codes Leftovers. Five, four, three, two,
2: one.
3: You right, Cage? I think I broke something. What? My back. The only thing I can feel on my lips.
0: Now listen carefully. This is a very important rule. This is the only rule. You get injured on the field, you better make sure you die. Why? Last time I was in combat, I was hit. I was bleeding out, just not fast enough. I woke up in a field hospital with three pints of someone else's blood, and I was out. I lost the power, do you understand? I think we'd better start over, don't you? why?
3: Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're the Leftovers. At least I am. I'm
1: one, too. All right. (laughs) We're the Leftovers. I'll get the script right. (laughs) Next
3: time, we'll say it in unison. I'm used to the three. One, two, three. No, I'm not upset. I totally get it. I totally
1: get it. I was still waiting for the third. (laughs) Uh, We're
3: joined today by uh, Mr. Frank Hammer. Frank Hammer, welcome to our Edge of Review podcast. Edge of Review. Edge of (laughs) Review. It's an edgy review. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our Edge of Tomorrow podcast. Podcast, Mr. Frank Hammer.
2: Thank you for having me back.
3: (laughs) Hammer time. All right. So yeah, uh, what brings us together on this podcast is the uh, film that was just released this past weekend, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, So it's safe to say, you know, as we're going to
1: you know talk about this movie. Uh, safe to say we're going to have spoilers. Yeah, definitely spoilers. Hard to talk about this movie without talking about it and right. what happens. Agreed. So and the the, th- the trailers did a pretty good job of hiding, really, everything. I, yeah, you I agree, know? man. I agree.
3: Especially uh, hiding the uh, some of the character designs that we saw in the film. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we do have a rating system here on Pop Culture Leftovers. If this is your first time listening to the show, you might not be familiar with how we rate things. And I want to make sure that uh, you know exactly what the hell we're talking about because they would seem really weird if you had no idea. So, That's totally rock. <laughs> Whoa.
1: I don't suck yet.
3: No, we – Oh. God,
1: yeah you're gonna suck later i'm the one who
3: sucks now all right here's the here's the pop culture leftovers rating
0: system the rating system is simple if the leftovers don't like something they toss it if they do like something they suggest you taste it and if it's brilliant it gets a tupperware rating if all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success a Tupperware party. All
3: right, so that is our rating system. Uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit of the movie here. Uh, of course, the studio is Warner Brothers. The movie is directed by Doug Lyman. Um, what else has Doug Lyman done?
1: He did um, one of the Bourne movies. Okay. Mm, crap, I'm failing. A bore, a Okay, all
3: right. All right, go Doug Lyman. Um, sc- yeah,
1: one of those born movies.
3: Yeah. Um, the screenplay was written by uh, Christopher McQuarrie and Jez Butterworth, whose name sounds like a flavor of maple syrup that you just want to stay away from. So, Jez Butter, Jez Butterworth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I stopped paying attention for just one second to look shit up, and then it <laughs> it's designed like one of those. And then you from South subjects. Park. All right, he did all three Born movies, all of them with Matt Damon and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And, okay, and was not involved in the Jizz uh, Butterworth scandal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, wow
1: doesn't am i wrong though i'm gonna know what else Jiz butterworth wrote
3: <laughs> jez, it's j-e-z j-e-z butterworth oh gotcha oh, very...
2: but if you were british and said the name it would still come out as jez
3: jez butterworth it's a st- this poor guy Je- looks like Jez butterworth got himself in a sticky
1: situation <laughs> <laughs> oh man can you imagine being this guy in grade school oh god <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh this poor man i i apologize oh i'm sure he's been through enough he doesn't need me fucking making fun of his shit oh, You
2: wouldn't man. be the first and surely not the last
1: <laughs> oh man
3: now, the first writer on uh, this film, uh, Dante Harper, uh, who did not receive final credit, he sold his uh, script to Warner Brothers in 2010 for one million dollars. Wow, good that, deal! That is
1: a good deal. Yeah, I, you can take my name out for a mill too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'll t- I'll do anything. Yeah, I mean,
3: you can change my name to Jez
2: Butterworth for a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Hey, is that another porn star name?
3: It could be. That was last episode. Oh, damn. Yeah.
2: Oh, we never – yeah, that's the third one. Continuity error, shit. No,
3: you're fine. You're fine. Edge of Tomorrow is also known as All You Need Is Kill. It's the manga book by Hiroshi Sakazazaka. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's an actual novel. It's, it's, it's Hiroshi Sakurazaka.
1: It's an actual novel. It's a novel. Okay. Yeah, it's prose. Uh, yeah, Jake.
3: I want you to talk about all you need is kill because you've read you've read it all but the last issue. Okay, all right. So are you holding on to that for some reason? It just came out Monday. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I just haven't got to it yet. What are your thoughts on about all you need is kill? And at the end of the, at the end of the podcast, I want you to kind of compare not right now, but kind of compare the movie to to uh, to the manga book to the novel.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I like it a lot. I mean, I, 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 I'll go a lot. It's hard to talk a little bit uh, about it without talking a lot a bit about it. You know what I'm saying?
3: Gotcha. Okay, we'll just wait until the end of the yeah. podcast then. That makes sense. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, it stars Tom Cruise as Cage. Uh, Brad Pitt was originally considered for this role. Um, I'm kind of glad that they went with Tom Cruise in this one. Yeah. Uh, a couple of cool facts about t- uh, Tom Cruise and this movie. Tom Cruise began pre-production on the film on July 20th, 2012, less than a week after wrapping his film Oblivion. Uh, Then Tom Cruise spent over $100,000 on a lavish wrap party for the cast and crew. He did not attend himself as he was finishing his scenes
1: for the movie. That's crazy. Yeah.
3: But, yeah, it's kind of cool of him, though, to spend that much money for the cast and crew.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: So. uh, Emily Blunt stars as Rita. Uh, Emily Blunt admitted that after putting, the, uh, putting on the metal suit, she started crying because it was so heavy. It weighed 85 pounds, Ooh. and that she would be required to perform action scenes in it for five months. Oh, my. She was jokingly told by Tom Cruise to stop being such a wuss. <laughs> uh, Brendan Gleeson stars as uh, General Brigham. Bill Paxton, Master Sergeant Farrell. Jonas Armstrong as Skinner. Tony Way as Kimmel. Kick Gurry. Where do they get these names? Kick Gurry. Kick Guri stars as Griff. Griff's more believable. Yeah.
1: Don't forget Dragomir.
3: Yeah, Dragomir Mirsik <laughs> as uh, Kuntz. <laughs> I'm not going to say it the way it looks. Fra- Franz Drama as Ford. Uh, Charlotte Riley as Nance. Uh, Masayoshi Hanada as Takita. Kind of just sounds like it could be all one name. Masayoshi Hanita Takita. Hanita Takita. <laughs> <Chiquita> Takita banana. <laughs> I'm not touching that, <laughs> Frank, Frank. I'm telling you, Hanita katita <laughs> Hanita Takita.
2: Taco <laughs> uh, Here's
3: a. Uh, stop it. Cool fact: Edge of Tomorrow was filmed almost entirely on the same sets used for the Harry Potter series of the films, of uh, from the Harry Potter. God, I cannot talk. <laughs> Harry Potter. No, I'm I'm saying shit like Masayoshi Hanita Takita, and I can't even fucking finish a regular sentence after that. It's like a tongue twister. <laughs> anyway, Edge of Tomorrow was filmed almost entirely on the same sets that
1: they used for the Harry Potter films. That's that's cool.
3: Yeah, it's cool. I didn't get any of that from it, though. No, yeah, I,
1: yeah, I never would have. I never would have known. I wonder what
3: sets they used. Right. Uh, synopsis of the film: An alien race has hit the Earth in an unrelenting assault, unbeatable by an milita- any, unbeatable by any military unit in the world. Major William Cage is an officer who has never seen a day of combat when he is unceremoniously dropped into what amounts to a suicide mission. Killed within minutes, Cage now finds himself inexplicably thrown into a time loop forcing him to live out the same brutal combat over and over fighting and dying again and again with each battle cage becomes able to engage the adversaries with increasing skill alongside special forces warrior Rita Varatsky, and as cage and Vratsky take the fight to the aliens each repeated encounter gets them one step closer to defeating the enemy The budget was an estimated $178 million, and the movie has a runtime of 113 minutes. We're going to go ahead and rate this movie. So um, have we gone over – we went over the rating system, right? Yes, yes. Okay. I don't need to go over that again, right? No. No. Okay. Three three tiers. Yeah. All right. Three tiers. So you either toss it, taste it, or Tupperware the movie. Uh, Who wants to go first uh, for Edge of Tomorrow starring Tom Cruise?
1: Oh, Christ. I'll go first. All right, Jake. I'm going to taste this movie. A pretty strong taste. It too more teetering towards the Tupperware area things than towards the toss-it area things. Right. You know, like if I was going to one to ten it, I would seven it, and I, I saved my Tupperwares for kind of the nines and the tens. Sure. Yeah. So sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and taste this. I did enjoy it a lot. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was real faithful to the feeling of the story that I read, and they really adapted it really well. Do you think that it uh, helped you or hurt you that you have read? The manga novel. Eh, it kind of hurt me, I think. Okay. I think it would have been more fun going in with just what the trailers had shown me and not knowing as much of the plot. Right. Because a lot of the stuff with the alphas and wh- the why things were happening were pretty much on key with how it was in the story. Okay. And so there w- there wasn't really any, any suspense beats in the story like that for me. Gotcha. Okay. But it was still a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. Frank?
2: Uh, I am going to Tupperware it, and uh, the reason is because uh, in all the previews that we saw, it seemed like, okay, yeah, he's going to die, he's going to do it over again, and then you got the idea about uh, the increased experience, but there were so many other ways that they explored that and different things that he could do from the moment that he woke up to really give you an idea about how long this had been going on so i mean it was a lot more deep than i thought it was gonna be uh and i'm i know we'll cover it but the end had me kind of perplexed but overall i mean i had a real good time watching the movie and i would definitely see it in the theater again so it's a tupperware tupperware
3: all right i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna give it a tupperware too i really enjoyed the film i ruined the Tupperware party. It's okay, man. No, it's okay. I it mean, wouldn't
2: have counted because um, <laughs> Jay's not here anyway. Oh, gotcha. Yeah.
3: Frank Frank Frank's doesn't even count. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I barely know how it works anyway.
3: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it, it takes a while to get. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it a Tupperware as well. I, I enjoyed it from the beginning to the end, which we'll talk about the ending. But I... I enjoyed it from beginning to the end. I enjoyed the acting. I thought Tom Cruise did a great job of portraying this guy at first who was really trepidatious, really just scared, like almost like piss your pants, scared to go into battle. Yeah. You know, this is like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, think of it like a host of uh, like a program or something like that. Uh, you know, he, he, yeah, he is in the military, but I mean, he's not trained for this. He's more of like the. Uh, cover boy for the military, you know what i mean? poster boy or something. Yeah, you know, he's not public relations type of guy. He's not uh, uh he's, he's not your uh that's go uh, the front line guy going out there and, you know, shooting guns or anything like that. He didn't even know how to turn the fucking safety off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, the most surprising thing is that is that character is the biggest change from the original source material is all the stuff you're describing. Okay. Like, the the Maybe. main character in the source material is part of the J. Crew, basically. Okay. And is already a soldier, and is already trained, and that's who this happens to. Huh. And Tom Cruise's basically entire character and backstory is all the stuff that's different in the movie. See, and
3: see that it didn't take away from me watching this. And what I really liked was, like, you know, he comes in there, this character, that, you know, doesn't know shit, and... They did a really good job in my opinion of groundhog daying this movie as far as like showing his evolution. Like he did not become who he was by the end of the movie overnight. This wasn't just like he died a few times. Right. This yeah. was it could have been years for all we know <clears throat> how long this went on. And they really showed the struggle that he had to go through as far as, like, the training and, and, and learning things. And you could really sense, like, a like in his voice and the way he was talking, kind of, like, almost like a frustration at points. Yeah. Certain times where, like, I've been here before. All right, let's move on. I don't want to have this fucking conversation again. And then, like, you know, of course, like, he's watching the same characters die over and over and over again. And I think he did a great job of showing, like, how, how this has taken a mental toll on him over this long course of time. Uh, I thought that the creature designs were amazing.
1: The creature designs were great. And I,
3: I love, I, real quick. I love the design of like the regular mimics, the uh, the alpha mimics, and then uh, you know mimic omega.
1: Yeah, I, I love the character designs. What were you saying? I was going to say, and I 100% agree with you that the Tom Cruise stuff, even though it was different, was not distracting, or I wasn't upset by it. I mean, and I can't blame the studio. I mean, if you're going to get the star power like Tom Cruise for your movie then you're going to change that character to more fit Tom Cruise, and you're right. going to put more butts in seats. Yeah.
3: Um, I, I also liked, you know, in certain scenes, like uh, just how uh, certain characters had, let's get, I'll, we'll get into that as we go. I think. Yeah. You know what, I, I'm just going to Tupperware the movie, and I think we should just jump into the film. Um, I really don't have uh, a lot of notes on this one. I Like I said, I just watched the movie today, so we'll just talk about it. This will be really loose. Um, so without further ado, here's Pop Culture Leftovers' review of Edge of Tomorrow. Jake, you do not suck this week, even though you tasted this movie. It's not – I mean it's not something that – I, I love the movie. I'm definitely going to watch it again. and it, yeah. It's a step above oblivion. In my opinion, I, I, I enjoyed Bolivian last year when I saw that in theaters, but I thought this was even better. Um, but I'm
1: not, I'm not upset that you gave this a taste it by any means. No, I didn't think so. And it's like I said, it's it's a high taste it. It's it's a seven. Yeah, and yeah. that's a good rating. Yeah.
3: So yeah. Um, all right, so let's just talk about the movie. Um, you know, the movie starts and. You know, Tom Cruise's character is kind of like this uh, public relations guy talking to the people and trying to get them, trying to recruit them for this war against the aliens. And I mean, it's kind of fucked up, though. When you when you the the kind of world that we live in today, we've seen every movie, everything played out on the screen before. In in my opinion, we've seen a lot. There's not a lot of new concepts out there. It all seems like tropes now. Exactly, we're so smart. So it's kind of messed up that that your main hook in this movie is not that humans are going to war against aliens. That's not the main hook here. Yeah. The main hook is like this whole groundshog day theme of like live, die, repeat. So the main hook is like, you'd think that, you know, like 30 years ago, it would have been like the main hook of this film is a holy shit, man is going to go to war against aliens. Not anymore. That's not fucking good enough anymore, Jake.
1: Yeah. And think of how much your mind would have been blown if that's the only way they sold it. And then you came into it and found out about the Groundhog Day stuff as as part of the movie, it would have blown your mind.
3: I think that would have been even better.
1: Yeah. But would that have got people in there to see it to begin with? It's a Tom Cruise science fiction vehicle. I think
3: it would have. Yeah, but I, I'm sure Oblivion did well in theaters, but not as well as they were banking on this movie to do. Yeah, I think word of mouth would have happened. Yeah, you, but you got the tagline, that whole tagline, yeah, live, die, repeat. That's true, that's true. And that's what they kind of wanted to make the main push of this film. But I agree, I agree that I just think we're in a world that they're they're figuring that, you know what, it's already based on a fucking manga novel. We're going to find out, and there's this damn thing called the internet. Everybody finds out about everything two years before it's done anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, I think, yeah, going into theaters blind, that would have been pretty fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, it would have blown your mind. Absolutely. I would, may have tupperware this movie going in just expecting a Tom Cruise science fiction alien movie. Right. Just because I'd have been so blown away by the concept of it and everything, but I, yeah. I was so like seasoned to the concept, it didn't come off as like mind blowing to me in any way. Right. Not that it wasn't great or pulled off well or executed, you know, great.
2: Yeah, that's where my Tupperware comes in because I figured it was just another Tom to, ah, Tom Cruise. It's infecting me, Tom Cruise versus uh, an aliens kind of movie. And I've seen that before, and I, I was actually kind of groaning a little bit, like when that was, you know, going to be this week's topic. But yeah, I was really pleased by by the outcome and how they actually played it off. Yeah, it was
1: great. I love the mimic design. Yeah, the, d- the the designs of those creatures are just amazing.
3: I mean, um, is that is that does that come into play in the manga series? Is there ser- different uh, groups of these mimics, like different, you know, you like kind of like it's almost like a hive. Kind of like a, like a colony, yeah. And you've got you know your drones, and then work you know which are the workers, and then you you
1: you actually get to learn a little bit more about the mimics in the movies than you do in the manga in that respect. Okay, you the, learn. A lot they're lot more. more of just a, a just a threat. Yeah, and there's not too much exposition about them until kind of the very end of it. Okay. When they actually are going to the Omega and figure out what's going on and everything, you know.
3: Okay, so there is like there, but th- but it is involved in in that way in the
1: in the actual manga book. Yes. Okay. Yeah, like the main plot threads are almost <coughs> are almost identical, like as to the why, as to the mechanics of why the live die repeat is happening. It's pretty much identical.
3: Maybe you guys can explain this to me. Um, you know, I'm usually pretty keen on this kind of shit, but when I'm watching the movie, I didn't understand exactly why the general was actually sending him out there to fight um i would i part of me so basically the the general calls him into the office and says you know you're going into the field and you're going to battle you're going to be there with the first wave that's going to battle these mimics Mm -hmm. and uh he's like whoa 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 whoa! no that's not going to work for me you know blah, blah, blah 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 i mean he's got he's worried about his life i mean this is the first wave and and uh, during that battle, I, I, I got a very like D-Day
1: feel from that. Yeah, like yeah. storming the Normandy beach and it, shit. Absolutely. Yeah, I I can comment on that a little bit. I think it was kind of dark as to the why they did that. You're asking why they did yeah, that to Tom Cruise's w- character? Why
3: did they do that to him? Because like, there's the one point where Tom Cruise looks at him and says, you know, just as easily as I got all these people to uh, join up with the military and fight your war, I can have them turn against you. And it's it, that kind of fell flat for me. Because I didn't understand the whole motivation
1: behind having him in that battle to begin with. I think it was a, kind of kind of dark where they were saying, like, um, Tom Cruise's character. Oh, shit. I had my thought, and then I just completely fucking lost it. But it, it was end of times. It's the end of the world. You know what I'm saying? They'd already uh-huh. lost major battles. It right. wasn't looking good for this battle. I think the military guy doesn't like the media guy. And for once in the military guy's life, he had the upper hand there. And if he was going to do anything, he was going to send this guy off that he had no respect for to die.
2: Okay. I'm kind of wondering if at some point later on down the road, we're going to hear about uh, like a continuation of this where there was somebody else going back further back. Because, like you guys said, there's no explanation for why the general's mad at him. And then when he wakes up, the first thing he says to um, uh, Bill Paxton's character—I can't remember his name—Farrell. Farrell uh, was—he uh, pulled something from his pocket and said that yeah, he might try to impersonate an officer and say any number of crazy things. Uh, did somebody go back tip him off?
1: I think that was him more further trying to ensure this guy would just get shipped off into the battlefield.
3: Yeah, that was the general
1: just basically,
3: yeah, he he wants these people to, like, what what are they going to look down upon? A deserter.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was more just him shitting on this this guy that he had no respect for and just making sure that he was just going to be a peon in this battlefield.
3: But, but one of the – main yeah, that was like my main thing as I'm sitting there in the theater. I'm thinking like what does the general have against this guy? I, I, it, that part never really –
1: Yeah, he's basically being a bully there for no reason. Right. He doesn't personally know this guy or maybe he does. It actually seemed like he did know this guy and the kind of like reports he was doing. Right. If I remember correctly. And he had kind of looked down upon this guy's reporting tactics and the, what work this guy was doing. Okay and it was just like well i'm going to have the last laugh you're going to be you're, we're going to put this gun in your hands and you don't even know how to use the safety and
3: yeah it didn't take me out of the movie to the point where i'm watching the film and i'm like oh i can't believe they didn't tie up that loose end
1: right
0: yeah. I,
3: I i was having a i was having a good time i was enjoying the movie of course i gave it a tupperware
1: why is top cruise even in this battle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm walking out of the theater yeah that's not fair
3: i threw my popcorn down and i walked out <laughs>
1: Not fair.
2: But for that matter, why was he ever even transferred? He was transferred from his commanding officer to this general. Why was he transferred in the first place if he was doing such a good job recruiting? The general
3: contacted
1: his CO, and his CO basically said it's okay for him to... Oh. Yeah, he basically handpicked this guy to pick on him. He's just a big bully of a general.
2: Well, fuck.
3: The whole thing was like, I thought that when... um, When they were going to send him into the battle, I thought they were going to send him with, like, a news team. Me too, at first. Yeah, I was wondering that. Me too. So I was thinking, like, oh, okay, he's going to go there. He's actually just going to be reporting, kind of like in uh, Starship Troopers, where, like, they had, like, the camera guy there as Mm -hmm. the aliens are battling. And, like, that's going to be his deal. But, no, they're sending him into combat as a soldier. And it just never... I just never understood. Yeah, why. and they
1: alluded to that too. I swear the general was even like, "You're going to get great footage." Yeah, yeah. And it was like, "Oh, I don't think he ever had a camera."
3: Never had a mm-hmm. camera. <laughs> you know, where of course, the car- that was also after he pissed him
2: off too. Yeah, he said
1: no. So
3: yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Because he had him
2: arrested and tased.
3: So when he when he. Uh, yeah, then they say they're basically going to, oh, this man's a deserter, and uh, arrest that man. So they
1: arrest him. Yeah, Frank makes a good point. Maybe yeah. he was going to go down there with the camera crew yeah, and, uh, until no. he played hardball. No,
3: I agree. Yeah. I agree. And he demoted him to private. At, at that point, he's just like, whatever. Now, now, uh, you know, you're not a major anymore, and, and you're just a private, and uh, yeah. Right. So... Now they send him, uh, he wakes up and he's on top of like the, uh, duffel bags and stuff like that. And, uh, this is where we get introduced to, uh, Bill Paxson's character, a feral. Yeah, one of my,
1: I love Bill Paxson and he was great in this. He's really great. And, uh, you know, like he
3: introduces him to, uh, uh J Troop, right? Yeah. Um, what I loved about this is it kinda harkened back to in my opinion, it kinda harkened back to another Bill Paxson movie, um, Aliens. Definitely. Where, you know, like the camaraderie that this group this J group, this J troop had, was kinda like the camaraderie like in the Aliens films. Like these guys had been working together for a long time, they would give each other shit, they knew everything about each other, you know, they were playing poker. Yeah. And, uh, and now they're being thrown in with, like, this outsider. It kind of harken back to, like, okay, here's aliens. Here's Ripley. She's going to be leading this team because she's encountered these aliens before. Now here's Tom Cruise, this guy, this asshole deserter. And <laughs> these guys all know each other. And then Bill Paxson's involved. It just really – harken back to like aliens for me did anybody else feel that way watching this yeah
1: it, it was it, it even felt like aliens like the the environment real dark and dingy yeah and you know low-tech science fiction
3: yeah yeah um but i, I love bill paxton too i thought he was absolutely phenomenal in this movie the yeah. the, the southern accent he pulled off he, he 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 talked about how he's from science hill yeah Kentucky. Right. And, Are you American? No, I'm from Kentucky.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, yeah. even
3: his lines, even even those cheesy lines like that, he could pull them off, and mm-hmm. he did a great job. Yeah,
1: it was never too over the top. It, it right. felt grounded in reality, yeah. even when it was very funny. Yeah.
3: So, um, let's see here. I mean. What did you guys – now, the characters, when they – when he finally gets introduced to the characters in J-Troop and we get introduced to all these different characters that you see there, were they also in the book? No, not really. Okay. It's more just him and Rita. Okay. Because, like, I'm, like, watching uh, this and I keep thinking to myself, there's so many questions I want to ask
1: Jake after this is over. It's more just him and Rita. (laughs) Okay. Are the main focus. I mean, there's other people, but it's not, like, a whole, like – bonding with this group like that in any means whatsoever. Gotcha. So now we're going to go into
3: battle and they put on like this exoskeleton robotic suit, which is going to enhance like the way they move. And, but I I understand that it enhances like them physically. And it's almost like it's a weapon. That's an extension of them. Yeah. And that you can wield this weapon as you would wield like your own body. But it felt like they did not get enough training with these exoskeleton exoskeleton suits, and it actually felt like it was, like, inhibiting the way that these people were moving. It wasn't like the G.I. Joe fucking suit where – you know, in the first G.I. Joe movie where, like, they were doing, like, these super crazy off-the-wall jumps. It actually felt like these suits work, but you got to know how to operate them.
1: Yeah, they were clunky. yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot about the movie. I like it when in science fiction movies everything doesn't work perfectly. That shit still it really grounds it in reality. You know, electronics yeah. never fucking work perfectly. <laughs>
3: exactly. Look at our podcast. <laughs> Half the time we can't record anything because we lose it.
1: Yeah, I really liked the suits. They were really they were really well done. Yeah, that's something. That's another thing that was kind of different. They were pretty much perfect in the comic.
3: Oh, were they? It seemed
1: like – yeah. It seemed like they were – it was pretty great to have these suits. So as soon as you put the suit on,
2: you're like superhuman and – Yeah, yeah.
1: It's time for a bunch of action sequences because these suits are so great. You never really got the idea that they were clunkers.
2: But from what we see later on, once they're used to using them and are trained, uh, they are a formidable weapon. No, that's exactly what I said. I mean I totally agree.
3: Um, it's just, it seems like nobody had like the training. Oh, right. Yeah. And the, the Rita, the character of Rita played by Emily Blunt. Yeah. When she came on, she had a presence. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I loved, I loved her character, by the way, just throwing it out there.
1: Oh yeah. She was great. Um, and it's the same. I, I was surprised that they used her, uh, nickname from the, from the book in the movie. I didn't think they'd do that. The, uh, what is it? The steel.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, Oh, God. Full it. Metal Bitch. Full Metal Bitch, yeah. And that was straight from the book. Yeah, that's straight from the book. They refer to her as Full Metal Bitch, like, a lot. Nice. Almost more than they refer to her as Rita. See, that's
3: got to be satisfying <laughs> for you, though, like, pulling from the pages of the book that you love. Yeah, so, so
1: I thought that was really funny that they still refer to her as that, you that's know. That's
3: cool. So, you know, now he's going to go into battle with these guys. They don't. They don't like him. They don't care for him at all. No. And nobody and he he keeps asking them, "How do I turn off the safety?" And nobody's answering him. It's like he's not even there. It's like it's like me in high school.
1: Yeah, they make fun of him till the last minute. Right. Like to the minute they drop him into this battle, they're making fun of him, exactly. calling him a dead man in the shoot Yeah, yeah. And still and just making fun of him the whole way. When
3: they're flying and I I even like the designs of like the the um the some of the planes and uh, helicopters that they used i thought they were very cool but when they were flying and the bottom uh, they're all going to drop the chutes are they're going to drop out of the um the bottom of the plane when they drop that bottom out i watched this in imax
1: 3d how did you see it? i saw it in imax 3d too and i can bring up i'd like to thank carmike for letting me in to see the movie all right yeah um but yeah the imax the 3d was great in this movie i thought I liked it a lot. Best 3D this year so far. Yeah, I only saw it in
3: 2D. Now, when the bottom dropped out and you saw it – and, Frank, you can you can t- let me know too. Like when the bottom of that plane dropped out and everybody was going to get ready to um, jump out of the plane – did it kind of like give you like a sense of fear of like heights and like yeah. jumping? maybe oh, yeah. how you might feel had this happened to you? Yeah.
2: yeah, it was crazy. It was a
3: great shot. The cinematography was really good. Heights w-
2: fucking bug me anyway, and man, I just my palms started sweating.
1: Yeah, I've actually skydived before, and the scariest part of skydiving is when you hang outside of the helicopter for those five six seconds before oh. you actually jump off. You know, you're just standing on the rail for right. a moment. And it's kind of the exact same feeling. In this part, you know, you're standing on the rail right before the actual fall,
3: right? And well, that's the
1: scariest part.
3: This is like they're actually like being uh, they're they're actually being hung like uh, like they're at a uh, fucking uh, dry cleaners, <laughs> hanging there like a suit, yeah. And then all of a sudden the bottom drops up, and there's no floor, and you get that sense like the only thing between you is hitting that release button. And falling, and it was kind of bizarre, though. Like, I never kind of understood, like, when they did finally, like, release. Yeah. There was that cable. And it felt like the – it was like a bungee and that it had to snap first
1: before they were let go. Yeah, I didn't get the science behind that either. I actually have the same thoughts. Yeah. I kind of want to see it again just to look at some of the, the physics behind some of that stuff. Right. It was almost
3: like he s- bungeed, swung, and then it snapped, and then he fell, and I was – Kept thinking to myself,
1: aren't, "Why aren't these guys dying? I don't see any shoots." Yeah, it was weird. And, like the claw let them go, but there was still a cord attached, and you really, didn't, right? Yeah, I really didn't get how they landed all safely. They just kind of cut to that.
2: Yeah, I was wondering if. Uh, well, I, I was wondering first if you know some of them died. You just didn't see it, but um, the uh, the uh, ship got damaged. In every scenario. Yeah. That, yeah. There's that explosion at the front right, of the ship. Right. Yeah. My guess is that those were supposed to be some kind of like steadied repel or where it would let them down gradually, but instead of letting their weight all the way, just drag them down like they were free falling. It was damaged. And so it right. wouldn't,
3: it actually wouldn't repel all the way down to where it would be right. safe.
2: It got caught up or whatever. That was just what I was guessing. Huh,
1: right. That's interesting. Yeah. But then how um, almost all those people we see made it down safely. Yeah, they did, right? Yeah, so.
3: No, I mean, I I
2: just don't understand the science behind how they lived, I guess. Yeah, I don't get it
1: either. Well...
2: I don't know. It might have something to do with the construction of the suit. I guess. Yeah, they landed on
1: the suit. Can maybe take the impact of landing from that height. Right yes. in the suit. Some of the mythology
2: it's like putting behind putting a case on your cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Some
2: of the mythology behind Master Chief in the Halo universe there's like a gel layer between the man inside the suit and the suit. So.
3: But this was just clearly an exoskeleton, and they had like military BDUs underneath it.
2: Yeah. I mean, right. <clears throat> there
3: wasn't really like. Enclosure, yeah. yeah, but maybe there was
2: some kind of shock absorbers or something. Set true, in there. true,
3: yeah, that that could be the case. Yeah, and whatever, <laughs>
1: we're, <laughs> we're not the MythBusters, yeah, but we digress.
3: <laughs> so yeah, he gets down there, and uh, yeah, like I said earlier, I had a very D Day. You said like yeah, like it was like the, the Storming
1: Normandy the, Beach. Th- yeah.
2: Exactly.
3: It's
1: that, the
2: the anniversary of D Day was the sixth. Yeah, it was. Introduced.
3: I uh History Channel had a whole 2-hour D- D-Day special and I got it on my DVR. Oh, Can't wait cool. to watch it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, isn't that it's horrible for me to say but like that's my favorite war. You no, know, No, I like, mean
2: it's most interesting.
3: It's a it's a, a horrible tragedy, but man, I love just you know, doing I. I love the movies. I love watching anything that has to do with uh, World War II. It's right. just a, a fascinating war. Like the stories and like all the heroes that came from that war. Just like the Band of Brothers movie. I love Band of Brothers. So did I. And so part of my favorite thing about Band of Brothers is just watching. Like after the movie's over, they actually introduce you to. All of the, uh, like, Brian Winters. Oh, yeah. You know, you get to meet the real Brian Winters. He actually died just a couple of years ago. Oh. But uh, you actually get to meet him. And they, they actually flew some of the guys from that movie, the real guys, and brought them back to some of the, like, the battle scenes. And it uh, they, had been the first time that they had seen it in, like, 60 years. Very touching.
1: Yeah, I saw a bunch of that stuff, too. A friend of mine loaned me the uh, Band of Brothers Blu-ray set. Yeah. And I watched yeah. a bunch of the extras and saw a bunch of stuff.
3: Uh back to edge of tomorrow. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean uh this, I got, I got that feel from this movie. Like this, this felt like a real war and, uh, you know, so, cause something I could relate, not relate to, but something that I've s- seen so many times is, is that's, that, that battle with the World War II, like just playing like Call of Duty and stuff like that and watching Band of Brothers and saving Private Ryan. So like this felt like a, like a, like a war between the humans and the aliens. It felt like something that was real that was going on.
1: Yeah. yeah it's a fine line between pulling off like dramatic and or just being like, oh, this is cool to look at.
3: Right. And we're not seeing like phaser guns and lasers yeah. and stuff like that. We're we're seeing an alien race going against, you know, I'd say somewhat futuristic technology. You know. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like they had like an Elysium suit on and they're battling <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're battling these these mimics. Uh you don't really get to see a lot of the mimics at first. You kind of just see them doing like that little spiral attack and like tentacles flying and things like that. Like, yeah. You can clearly see, like, they are causing havoc in the air. Planes are crashing. People are dying. People are dying left and right. People are getting caught on fire. Things are falling down on people. You know, and and, and these guys, like, when they fucking land, like, that one dude, he's like, Yeah, I made it! I made it! And then the plane <laughs> drops on drops him. Drops on him. I mean... <laughs> Who didn't see that coming, right? Oh, yeah, right yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know. I, I loved this. And just like the whole time, you know, everything that Tom Cruise was scared about going into this battle, it's all real now. It's all happening. And he has every reason to be scared because he's on the ground every, he, everywhere you look, people are dying.
1: Yeah. It's insane. And
3: yeah, it's totally insane.
1: nothing but smoke and bullet fire ahead of uh-huh. him, basically.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And, he doesn't even know how to turn the safety off on his fucking weapon. Yeah. So it's like, how is this guy even going to survive, you know, five minutes, let alone expect to get out of this situation? Yeah. It, it's,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. They really pulled that part off. It was really dramatic, and you, it was really like, how is Tom Cruise even going to live during this?
3: Yeah. So this is where we meet uh, Rita for the first time. And uh, just watching her and how she handles these mimics is just amazing.
1: And she moves so well in the suit. Yeah. And we see her die the first time we see her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. then and there pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah.
3: The first of many. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Tom Cruise, I mean, uh, it's, it's that scene where they're in almost that, like, that little hole, that crater. And then isn't that the scene yeah. where everybody just basically gets obliterated from Troop J? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from J Troop. Yeah, and uh, Tom Cruise ends up dying, and and um, that's when he does kill the
1: Alpha, though. Yes, he kills the Alpha.
3: He kills the Alpha, which is the blue, bluish.
1: Yeah, it was like white, blue.
3: Yeah, he kills the Alpha. The Alpha's kind of like on fire, the blood sprays onto him and we see like his face like it's he's just scorched just singed just burned he yeah dies. it's almost like the blood kind of like it was like acidic acidic in a way and then it kind of like it looked like it leaked into him
1: yeah it was oh, gross man. it melted yeah. his face down
3: yeah he looked fucked up <laughs> um but yeah this is where he comes back for the first time and so um he wakes up and he's right back on those duffel bags.
1: Wakes up again and yeah. What's the line that he hears always right away when he comes back?
3: Oh, on
2: your feet, maggot. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All yeah.
1: Right. yeah
3: that was great. Uh, I love it. I mean, and uh, he goes through the exact same thing again, and he, he's as as he's going through. It's almost like he feels like it's almost like he feels like he's in a dream. Like what's going? It's like a deja vu experience. Like to the. 10th degree yeah where everything's happening again he's able to actually quote people and he knows things about people that he can talk about like you know like that one guy being from science hill kentucky yeah he can finish his sentences and things like that it's just a very
1: bizarre experience yeah it, it, and they play on this really good like even later on in the movie they play on it once he's done it God knows how many times he knows everything about everybody.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: So.
3: <laughs> yeah, let's just – like we can just talk about different parts of the movie too. I All right. Mean, let's just do that. I mean – It's a hard movie to talk about chronologically It is just because, because of its right. nature. It keeps repeating itself over and over and over again.
2: You know what I kind of thought about? It kind of helped me make sense of it was – do you remember um, when the Whopper – and this isn't from this movie. Um, War Games, Matthew Broderick? Yes. Okay. Remember when the Whopper was going through all the scenarios for the global thermonuclear war, start to finish over and over and over again until it could figure out how to win one? It was kind of like the same thing. He would get as far as he could, and then he'd get reset. And then he knew how to do it a little bit better the next time, yeah. and then next thing, and he'd get reset. And each time, he just mm-hmm. gets further and further and further. Yeah. But there was no sense of,
3: like, real fear for him dying because we all knew it was going to happen, it was going right. to reset. So there was like no fear. They changed that later, and I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah,
1: I agree with that.
2: I mean, they even have fun with it in some points because he when he sees it coming, he goes, "Oh fuck!" and then he dies. Yeah, yeah. So I, I,
3: I really enjoyed like uh, the relationship that he had with uh, Rita, the you know Emily Blunt's character. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Hey, and one thing that kind of bothered me was the, the romance that eventually Rita would be in love with him and everything. Yeah. Like without her remembering all the time that Tom Cruise's character was remembering right. how she would actually fall under that spell too. You know, it's always right. a brand new 24 hours for her. It, it happens in a lot of movies
3: like the, you know, like uh, where death is imminent, where, yeah. you know, you're probably not thinking clearly and, and things like that. But it happens a lot. Like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head except for Transformers where Megan Fox falls in love with Shia LaBeouf.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Man of Steel, where Superman falls in love with Lois Lane.
3: I think a lot of times these movies throw romance in there to throw a bone to certain people that they think need romance in, in, in different films. Whether it be a, a female watcher, a female viewer, or a male viewer. If they feel like they, they have to have like a little bit of romance in this movie to watch it, I think sometimes they just throw that throw that bone in
1: there. For it was them. just kind of annoying. I wish the full metal bitch got a 100% be the full metal bitch. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like yeah. her whole they persona her yeah is to be a stone cold fucking bitch. Right. And then she's making out with Tom Cruise. But-, but
3: see, they don't know her on the level that Tom Cruise knew her because they both connected because they both had We find out that they both have this ability.
1: Yes, Rita was doing the same thing. So they
3: just see her as this badass. They don't they didn't get to see all the times that she died and fucked up. Yeah. They just see this stone cold bitch and you know Tom Cruise can kind of relate to her and she can kind of relate to him because they're the only two people that have had this ability.
1: Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah. It was just, I don't know.
3: I guess I'm just a hopeless romantic. I could have done without that part. (laughs) No, and that's what I liked about movies like Pacific Rim. I mean, you didn't get that character of Charlie Charlie Hunnam's character falling in love with, uh the, the the female lead in that film
1: yeah at the end of the movie they didn't kiss it just was unnecessary like they could have respected each other without kissing each other that's true I feel like that that would have been but, better guys we're
3: talking about Tom Cruise he's he's just so dreamy right yeah. Yeah. you know I mean she's
1: you know they just they've got a kiss so yeah. it happened but no I get it <laughs> I get it One of my minor complaints about it. Less less of that angle, and I thought the movie would have been better.
3: Yeah, I I thought it was unnecessary, too. Yeah. Um, What other things did you guys like about this movie? I mean, are there certain scenes that you want to point out? I mean, we saw most of the scenes over and over and over again, but...
2: Yeah. That was one of the things, though, is that I was worried at first that it was going to get too repetitious, but... You got the idea well along that things have changed, and he'll even comment about something in past tense, like you don't make it any further than this. Right. Uh, so, I mean, he's continuing to age, but no one else around him is. There's just like an infinite set of possibilities.
3: That's a question I have for you. You brought up a good point. He continues to age.
2: Yeah. Well, his like soul or consciousness does.
3: Right. No, that's a great question. I'm going to bring this up. I kept thinking to myself, like, when he goes out there, I'm sure physically he's not in top-peak condition. Yeah. So when he resets, physically does he reset, or is, like, is his body actually... I think physically he
1: does reset, but mentally he doesn't.
3: Yeah, but, like, Michael Jordan, he knows how to play the game of basketball. But let's say he's been on the couch forever. He may be able to hit the free throw still, but... Moving his, he 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 may think like, oh, I, okay, I'm gonna
1: do this fadeaway jumper, or I'm gonna I'm gonna go up there and. Dunk. I see where you're going with this. Like, how could yeah. that training even work? Yeah. if it wasn't like yeah. setting because, in.
2: Yeah, my thought on it was is that it would be the skill and knowledge of how to do those things, and the exoskeleton, the the suit. He doesn't need to be in. That's what does it physically for him, right? Okay, it's just like a muscle twitch, and it does what it wants to do. It's a more. Pure neural connection. That makes sense.
1: I really liked. One thing I liked about this movie was the first conversation we had with uh, Rita's friend, the uh, like the scientist character. Yeah, yeah and I really like how he got really excited that it was the first time they were having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really fun moment. Yeah,
3: because imagine how many conversations he had with Rita over and over right. and over again, yeah. and, he, and he thought that each time it was you know it was the first for
1: him. And later on in the movie we, we even got to see uh, a further on conversation with this character and it was, yeah. fu- it, it was almost more funny because of this earlier scene when he was so excited about it being the first conversation yeah. with, with Tom Cruise being rude to the character about how many times he's had to explain these things, you know. I love the training
3: sequences too, by the way, guys. Uh, me They're too. really good. And they didn't just stop with like just a few. It felt like it went on for a long, long time, and I think that really drove the point home that this is not going to be something that's easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like Green Lantern's training where it lasted 5 minutes. Like this was an ongoing process. Each time we saw this movie reset, he'd gone through training or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure.
2: Cause he had to practice things like even how to get out of J Troop to go find her. Yeah. And that was yeah. one of the funniest things oh, he, where he, yeah. he goes to roll underneath a truck and he doesn't time it right. And I swear he had, they had to have intended for him to get hit in the balls because he goes, ah, and that's his death scream. And Bill Paxton, uh, Sergeant Farrell, walks over to him and says, what in the hell were you trying to do?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. You know, another thing this movie really got right for me is you guys both Tupper word it. So, I mean, it was an epic science fiction movie, right? It, I
3: felt the theory, it was. Well, I I it think it was. It, yeah, I think it pulled from other movies, but I think they did it in such a great way to keep me and my attention the whole film. Every time where the movie – Felt like I might be getting out of it. They sucked me right back in with something else. Yeah, because there was a couple times I'm thinking, like, man, I'm, I'm kind of losing the movie's kind of losing its momentum, and then something would happen
1: again. Yeah. Yeah. and I'd be I'd be right back into it. Well, yeah, I think what it got right is it did all that in under two hours. Which, yeah. I th- which I think a lot of movies struggle with. I mean, I thought this was a complete movie with a complete story, yeah. and somehow they managed to do it in one hour and 53 minutes, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of movies could learn from that. Yeah, they yeah. didn't
3: do it in two and a half hours. Because, yeah. like, two and a half hours of this would have
1: been yeah. a too, no, much way way too much of the same thing
3: repeating. Exactly,
1: yeah. and I really appreciated it being an under-two-hour movie. Yeah. I really liked that. Not that some movies don't need to be long or if it's a long movie it's going to be bad and i don't like to give out the tupperware
3: just to give out a tupperware
1: but this is a
3: movie i will definitely watch again and i i i just i loved all the things that they got right in this movie because this movie could have gone horribly wrong oh yeah
1: absolutely i'm excited to see it again too i could possibly retcon this movie into a tupperware i just came out of it with a taste, it you no, know that's completely fine. Yeah,
2: the only real problem that I had with it was the ending, the outcome of the ending. Yeah. Um. So, um. At, at the end of the movie, um. Well, okay. I'm jumping a little bit ahead. That's fine. They they start talking. We're all over the place, just like the movie was. And my eye. Uh. They uh. Yeah, you guys can't see my eye. That don't make any fucking. It sense. doesn't. Why do you do that? <laughs> uh. Anyhow. That. So. They, they, Rita, haven't had this before, talks to, uh, Cage about, uh, the visions. Has he started to have the visions? And the visions are, uh, supposed to be clues to the location of the Omega, the hive mind.
3: Right. So basically the Omega is the one that is able to manipulate time, am I correct? Yes. Right. And it- the power was then passed on to, because the Omega has a relationship with the mimics, the alpha mimics, and they all have this relationship, kind of like a hive mentality, and uh, but more like neurological.
1: Yeah, it's like a big neurological machine
3: meant to win wars. Right. They get it right. And it got passed on to Tom – well, it got passed on to Rita first. Yeah. Right. And then it got passed on to Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Frank. Uh,
2: the um, It's the uh, – damn it – the, the uh, transfer of the blood that causes that um, – so they 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 look for the um, omega and ends up being a trap, and they realize that the the signals it's been sending out the the visions have been just a setup for a trap.
3: Well, see, they know that from the experience that they had with Rita that mm-hmm. if she they what happened how she lost her powers was she was like uh, she was stabbed yeah and she, she bled out she bled out.
1: Uh, and then when they gave her the blood transfusion, she lost the power. I was going to bring this up too. one. It was one of the things I kind of didn't like was how heavy handed it was with like, don't ever let them, you know, make sure you die. Don't ever get your blood transfused. It was like, Oh gee, that's going to happen. I
2: was confused for half the movie because she made such a big deal about it. She said, I was out. I'm sitting here thinking, Oh, okay. Well, did she get put in a coma and never wake up? And then I'm I confused the fuck out of myself cuz I'm like, well, if she lost the ability and then died, then how would the fuck she know about it? It it was just it, No,
3: she didn't die after she the blood didn't die. That's Right.
2: I know that. I know that now, but it confused me because she like you guys were saying she he put so much weight on that that part of it.
1: Oh shit, we have a flash flood warning. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm going to have a fun drive home.
2: <laughs> oh shit. Rear wheel drive. Yeah.
3: So, um yeah, I thought that I, I I don't know. I thought it was interesting that uh that the that they did kind of do that twist with the mimics yeah. trapping him there mm-hmm. and they cornered him and of course there's the alpha mm-hmm. and you can't kill the alpha. Yeah. Right. Because, what was it, if you kill the Alpha, then, uh, don't they get the power back? Is that part of it? No. Well, it resets the time.
2: Because the Mimic, or the, uh, Omega would control time the same way that Tom Cruise would. Yes, yes, yes. Tom Cruise would die, and that reset the day. Anytime an Alpha would die, it would reset the day for the Omega. That's right. Yes. That's right. So. It's kind of like a
3: really fucked up Seiko
2: watch. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) Jesus. Um, so yeah, they, they, they go to, uh, kill it. The Omega traps him and he drowns himself.
3: Yeah. Which Be- I thought was awesome.
2: Yeah. Cause yeah, he, like he knew he lot, needed too. to get out of there.
3: Yeah. Cause he knew he was going to bleed out. Yep. And yeah, I just thought it was brilliant though of like, a, uh, of for the Omega to actually, we got to see like their thinking, like even though they're not communicating, not talking. Right. We knew exactly how devious they fucking are as a race. Right. Yeah. yeah
2: they're just completely built to win and um so uh th- then they figure out a way that that the doctor had said he had something that he had worked on at one point in time. yeah yeah that uh at the beginning of the movie one of the
3: first interactions they said should we stick this in him and he's like stick what in me oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly and then it finally it comes back mm-hmm. which uh, it comes back later yeah. Yeah. It's how and, they track the thing.
2: Yeah. And, right. And uh, they they find out that they got to go get it because he – somebody took it or something. It was locked away. The general. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And um, so they get this and because Tom Cruise has the mimic's blood in him, he stabs himself. But I liked how the general that fucked him over at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> we right. think
3: that he's finally redeeming himself and giving them – this thing to save the planet and of course what did he do probably pushed a button and now security like the military is there to arrest him again i'm thinking what a (laughs) douchebag
1: yeah it was crazy like i was like oh wow wow redemption for that character and then instantly (laughs) oh
2: Yeah. yeah I liked what they did with the time travel thing there, too, where Tom Cruise looks back and says, oh, please, don't shoot him again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Because yeah, you can tell he'd good. been there
2: before and she got pissed off and shot him. I kept I, – I didn't know if she'd
3: really shot him or at the time I was like – or or he was just saying that because he – to 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 let him know that they're for real. Oh, that makes sense. You know, but – now that you're saying it, I actually think that the, that she probably did shoot that motherfucker. Yeah,
2: it probably <laughs> yeah. did.
1: It probably did happen once or twice. They
2: had a lot of hints like that spread throughout the movie. Like when they're driving in the truck, they basically have a reverse conversation. Yeah. Where uh, he's trying to get her to talk, and she says, "I'm not a fan," and he says, "Well, you do eventually," and it goes back and forth, and it's you're trying to figure out, okay, well, who's got the more experience? It, it did confuse me a little bit because she. She didn't have that conversation before because her consciousness, like you said earlier, restarts the day. Yeah. So for her to jump in and act like she really knew, it, it felt a little bit too too much, too way there when it really should have been one-sided.
1: Frank picks up a good point. They did a good job of – they obviously don't show us every time Tom sure. Cruise goes through all of this. Yeah. But it, it was never too confusing about – you know they hinted at a lot of scenes that we never saw, like a lot of stuff that was like – just assumed, and they did a really good job of that. Yeah. Okay.
2: Oh, yeah. Like when the uh, his secretary came in, and then he told her her name or her how old her kid was or something yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that was the first time we'd ever seen that.
2: Right, and you could tell that one of the many different times he spent the time. To figure out a way to get to know this person so eventually he could drop the bomb. I mean, this guy had to have been doing this for an eternity. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, thousands of years. <laughs> for all, well, I mean, it's like days of futures past. Unlimited possibilities. I wouldn't say thousands of years, but a long fucking time. Yeah, a long time. It's hard to say because in one of the scenarios, they ended up in that barn. And that was supposed to be all the further that she made it that time. Oh, yeah. And then he knew right where the underwear was at or whatever. Or the... Clothes. Yeah, how many times did he have to do that to be able to remember that that deep in?
1: Yeah,
3: I don't think it takes thousands of years to find a pair of underwear though. Frank.
2: <laughs> no, but I'm, it would just, have I'm fucking it. with you. It's a joke, Frank. Right? Because it's a fucking joke. No, I know <laughs> be, because because he's aging. <laughs> Yeah. You know, every time he dies, he goes back. Right. You got to figure he made several attempts and referred to it later on about how, well, no matter what I do, I can't get us off this beach. And then you hit the next segment of efforts of him them trying to figure out some way to get to the Omega to kill it. It's like they had to keep changing strategies. Well, they had to keep doing the uh, accident, you know, how far can I get thing clear until they figure that out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It's mind-boggling how many times he's done this.
1: I want to see this again. I do. (laughs) Yeah, I I probably won't see it again in the theater, but I'll I'll run it again right away when it comes out. I think I'm going to see it again (laughs) in the theater. Well, there you go. I don't blame
2: you. You Tupperware did. Yeah, I I liked it. Um, The only thing, I know I mentioned it earlier and I never did get around to talking about it, was the ending. So they find out where the Omega is and they go and uh, try to get to it to kill it. Tom Cruise has got a set of bombs with him or grenades on yeah. a little belt. And right as he's getting ready to drop it down onto the uh, Omega. Can I say something real
3: quick? Yeah. This scene, did it or did it not look amazing as he's swimming downward and the Alpha – mimic is swimming after him all oh,
1: the 3d and the everything 3d uh, yeah looked
3: absolutely stunning the
1: underwater 3d was oh, crazy. oh my god yeah. it was amazing well, i wish i could see that yeah that was really good but um and the pins floating up the pins floating up <laughs> go for it <laughs>
2: yeah sure the, the uh as he's getting down there he gets ready to release him and then the alpha that has been chasing him spears him with its tentacle and you think he's dead? He's dying. You know, we already know he can't regenerate again because his blood's been switched. But then, like you guys said, the pins—you see the thing dropping down, and he turns around to where the Alpha can see it. He opens his hand, and then the pins go up. Yeah, and then he flips it off. Right.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was no. I I, I thought
3: uh, I thought it was a very cool moment, just watching those pins float. Man, yeah, very all, cool, very satisfying for me.
2: All that to that moment. Made sense and was awesome, and then the Ome- you think Tom Cruise is dead. Um, the Omega's blood goes back up onto him, seeps into his wounds, or right. eats him like yep. the acid. And he wakes up in a in a scene we saw from the very beginning of the movie in the helicopter when he was taking a nap, and he woke up when it went first landed. Oh yeah. What would be the time connection between him killing the mimic, which? Had to have occurred after he woke up on the duffel bags, to going back to the day before that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, I admit mean, maybe, I
2: even looked around on the internet, and nobody can really agree.
1: Maybe because it's the the actual omega. Maybe its blood sends you back further in time than the alpha's blood.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of theories. I mean, all of them, you know. Did you the, read any theories that were out there? A few that one like he, bring them up. I'd like to hear them. He uh, took control of its ability to be able to choose when he went back, but I don't ever remember the Omega ever being able to have the ability to choose. It would just it, when one of the al- uh, alphas would die. Yeah. So, but some uh, that was one theory is that he could pick the time. And when he went through then he that he was not uh, insubordinate to the general because one of the next scenes is he's standing there in his major's uniform watching yeah. J Troop go by. Yeah. So then he was never on the beach. So I guess I guess does that mean that he couldn't have been on the beach to kill the Alpha and start time looping?
1: Yeah. I mean that's and it's just, always, it gets so deep. You're gonna give yourself headaches right. of that kind of right. stuff in a time travel yeah. movie. I mean, you can, do, you can do Terminator 2 the same way, basically. Well,
3: let's watch Inception again and yeah. talk yeah. about the ending of that they do so. They
2: do leave it open, and sometimes that's the most intriguing thing. Uh, and they're starting to do that on video games and stuff, too, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. But uh, the ending of Bioshock Infinite uh, has a lot to do with alternate universes and time travel and things like that. And uh, some of the questions it raises are really provocative, too, like what could have happened. So it, it seems to be something a lot of people are focused on lately is this uh, uh, quantum theory stuff. Oh, definitely. This yeah. is a total
1: side note, but what a real pompous name, of Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> like there's not going to be another sequel. Like it's the infinite Bioshock. Ah, uh,
2: but what we're talking about is with the ending, the infinite possibilities.
1: Mm, ah. Some pompous <laughs> shit.
2: <laughs> it's a good game.
3: Bioshock V. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, like – Jake, I, my, this question is for you. Is this a self-contained story, or is there a chance for this to branch off into other stories? Uh, that, uh,
1: I have like I said, I ha- I've read everything but the last chapter. Okay, so I mean that's a big. I need that to right. kind of gotcha to kinda, I'll report back.
3: Okay, yeah, well, yeah. Report back on a future episode. I'd like to hear about that. Yeah, I'll get to it next week. I, that's. I mean, I'm going to read that. Now, before we wrap up, and, and, and we all like the movie, and I mean, it's, Jake, you gave it a taste that you, you clearly liked the movie. Yeah, it was great. So, um, before we wrap up, I want you to tell us a little bit about maybe like uh, what you like better. Do you like the book better, the movie better? What what are the differences? What would you like to see in, like the book maybe incorporate into the into the movie
1: or, or, or vice versa? Um, they're both so unique. You know what I'm saying? You really got to go into that kind of thing really open-minded and not being grounded into it being an adaptation, they did what they had to do. Um, one thing I liked a lot more about the book was um it it started right, just him waking up every day. Every time he went back in time, he woke up basically in his barracks, ready to go out into the war again. Right. Um, every day he woke up, the first thing he did was write a number on the back of his hand to uh, tell himself how much, like what number.
3: he he was on
1: in his life and that was a really cool visual yeah Um, a lot of the issues end or start with him writing the number on his hand again right and and how many times he's gone through it you know
2: it'd be like the chinese water torture you really want to hammer it in that he's doing it again yeah again what if bill paxton's character would
3: have been played by bill murray would that have totally taken you out of the film yes (laughs) me too yes (laughs) Yes.
1: It was almost, I can see that though. (laughs) Yeah. Like it was almost like, yeah, it was almost like he was doing a little bit of a Bill Murray though with that (laughs) character.
3: Oh man. I I really enjoyed him in this movie. And I mean, uh, Emily Blunt was great. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah,
1: And the, the visuals are stunning both in different ways in both mediums, mediums. Yeah. I mean, in the film it looked really cool, but in the comic it was really unique too. You know, It, it had a lot going for us. Lots of, The Mimics had mouths in the comics, which is one thing that they didn't really show in the movie. Like they had all those tentacles, but in the middle of those tentacles were like these big scary like – Yeah, I remember seeing the picture that you – Mouths, like black holes inside of them. They look
3: more horrific
1: in the the novels. They really do. Yeah, they're really scary in the novels. There
2: weren't anything like what the uh, red and the blue mouths were from this?
1: They looked – you know how the mouths of the alpha looked? looked kind of like there were these sucking mouths in like all the mimics look like that basically
2: oh okay
1: and it was there were like these big black tentacle masses with like these big like mouths like sucking in all this shit
2: right and they were so fucking scary fast too like he when he noticed him there right the first time on the beach just snapped his head right i'm trying to find you a picture
1: real quick frank of uh i got the all you need is kill um free comic book day book Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Now, that's a different – that's actually a different adaptation than the one that was public published in Weekly Shonen Jump. Okay. That's like a two-part where this was like a 18-part adaptation. Gotcha. So, okay, Frank, I'm almost there. Watch oh, – this is more great podcasting, me showing Frank <laughs> comics on the podcast. You, there it is right okay. there. Those are like the mimics in the comic.
2: Hmm.
1: And they and they change. They're like shapelings, like they, they can be oh, more okay. tentacly and everything, but they're All right. like swirling masses of teeth inhaling. Gotcha, shit.
2: I, I, I get that. That yeah. would that would be bitching. <laughs> but I mean just, just that one panel right there makes them look like some kind of mutated metroids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now would you guys rather have seen Brad Pitt in this
3: film, or do you think Tom Cruise was like the best choice for this?
2: I think Tom Cruise was the best choice because I think he could sell the arrogant little asshole in the front and then being a little bitch his first time getting dropped onto the uh the the beach. Oh, I agree because like if
3: you've if you've ever seen the movie Magnolia, that character that he plays, oh my gosh, that's yeah. the guy that you want to see get fucking killed <laughs> right away
1: yeah i I agree Tom Cruise was better he. Brad Pitt couldn't have pulled off the where we kind of hate him and then we like him. I think as much as Tom Cruise was yeah. able to do. Right. Now,
3: as far as Tom Cruise as an actor, do you think like this movie is gonna? Did you uh, have we seen how this does on Rotten Tomatoes? I did. Uh, it's doing the,
2: pretty well. Eighty nine percent. Yeah. For critics, ninety two percent for viewers. Very
3: good. That is very good. That is very good. Uh, do we know what the uh,
1: box office is so far?
2: That I, I don't.
1: That I don't. I don't think it's shattering the box office. Christ, I'm so slow.
2: And I, you know, there's one more thing I wanted to throw in too as I'm thinking about it. We talked earlier about the funny minute where the, the bigger fat guy got hit by the plane. Yeah. Uh, you see him in early on make attempts to try to save him. And late, <laughs> yeah. after he's done this so many times, and it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Well, I thought, because I, he was real morose at that point, he was battle hardened, he was yeah. grizzled. And when he landed, he took a few steps forward, looked over to where this guy is that they've already established. He's basically friends with them. He knows the guy. And he just stand there, stands there and watches the plane hit him mm-hmm. because – and there has to be a certain set of events for him to get to where he has to be and to deviate from that to try to save him or something like that. It won't work. And he's tried it and he knows. But once he kills the Omega – Whatever has happened sticks because he mm-hmm. can't go back and do it. So those people stay dead. I liked it when uh, it got to the point where he was
3: so sick of watching Rita die yeah. that he stopped going to see her. Yep, that he would just stay with J Troop and wake up with J Troop every morning mm-hmm. and do the PT and then go
1: to fucking battle. Yep, you know, I
3: thought that I thought that was really cool. Well,
1: unfortunately, it's not doing too well. It's it looks like. Um fault and our stars is set to beat it for the weekend really wow yeah
2: Yeah. like i said my theater was my theater was kind of bare i sat. i got there right as the movie was getting ready to start and i got front row center next uh, week isn't gonna help it either guys because 22 jump
3: street comes out next week and shit. we know that that's gonna take the box office next week yeah yeah wow are we doing that Twenty Two Jump Street. Yeah, I may see it. I might use it. I might do it for good. Pop, bad pop. But I never saw the first one. To be honest with you, it's actually really good. It's It's good. It's a very charming, funny
2: movie. Yeah, they're not surprisingly
3: so. I mean, I thought I was not expecting anything from it.
2: Yeah, they're not trying to tie anything in. It's all fresh.
1: We see a lot of movies and I got to tell you I am so sick of the 22 Jump Street trailer. Oh my god. It was
3: so it funny much. the first time.
1: It was it had some laughs the first time, but the 7th yeah. time you're like, Ugh. the the Mexican
3: Wolverine joke was funny, yeah. and then when Channing Tatum said
0: I'm happy, yeah I'm happy.
3: That, that was funny, and like, but I've seen it like a hundred times now, yeah, exactly.
2: See, I have so. no idea what you're talking about. I've not seen this that much., uh, I've seen it a
1: ton more than the uh, Seth McFarlane trailer, really easily,
3: wow, yeah. Yeah, don't, if you didn't listen to our other podcast, don't go out to see A Million
1: Ways to Die in the West. It's a, it's a toss it, so. Yeah, A Million Ways to Die in the Theater. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. A Million Ways to Die on a podcast.
3: Yeah, it was, uh, not as good as Ted, and I enjoyed Ted, so. I thought Ted was funny. Even though, I mean, even though Seth MacFarlane's just like, it's just all dick and fart jokes and raunchy shit. It's, I still, I still enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie. But million day- days to die in the West—that movie sucked. So let's take a break
1: before I fill my pants let's, with urine.
3: You know what? We're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show. <laughs> <It's> really, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> all right, this was our Edge of Tomorrow review. Uh, you know, yeah. Check us out next week. What are we doing next week? Is what's coming out?
1: I don't know. Oh my god. June
3: sixth, tw- uh, twenty two Jump Street. Yeah, I'm not seeing that. No, I yeah. might go see it, but let's
1: think of a, think of something fun. Yeah, we'll do something fun next week. All right, guys. I'm sure there will be Star Wars news.
3: Oh, there's always Star Wars news. (laughs) We'll have a drop next week, right? A Star Wars drop? Yeah, Yeah. I'll figure something out. I'll figure something out. You guys give me some ideas. I'll figure something out for a Star Wars drop. Chad Vader's awesome. (laughs) Right. I love Chad Vader.
2: string together something. He's good.
3: And just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Later, y'all. Bye.
2: They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that.
3: And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there, comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com and if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you and you can be part of the team. Remember this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard and we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David and thank you.
0: And check <laughs> us out on Tumblr too, motherfuckers. <laughs> And, and don't forget, forget, we're on Instagram, Instagram. too! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk, brand, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it,
1: it, It's a trap
0: going to toss it, going to taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can erase it, let's embrace it Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, culture push over Pop culture Leftovers And we the uncool kids What's to say has already been said? Leftovers yeah. Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that sings. Culture Leftovers, podcasts that original originally good, have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the chaff, and we the chaff, the crap, even though we're the shit, Woo! we're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the poor kids, it, it, it's a trap. Good and to toss it, good and taste it. do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can erase it, let's embrace it, Tupperware Party! Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture pushovers, over, pop culture Leftover, and with the uncool kids, what's to say it's already been said, Leftover, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, Pop Culture Leftover. It, gonna taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't embrace it, left embrace it, Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover. Counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers, and with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said? Leftovers. Sure and The only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.